can spit at you from here. What are you doing with your face? That's free speech. Nerd, you're wrong. Oh! That is some bad philosophy. Come on. Bad Philosophy, Episode 5, recorded on September 25th, 2008. Leveraging Excellence. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bad Philosophy. Uh, today is a very special day, actually. Uh, we've got a real academic in the house, uh, maybe adding some legitimacy to our little <laughs> en- endeavor here. Woot! And that little wooting man over there is Dr. Mark (laughs) Webb, professor of philosophy here in the philosophy department at Texas Tech University. Dr. Webb, say a little bit about yourself. Oh, geez. Um, Okay, that's good. uh, (laughs) I'm a specialist in philosophy of religion, and I also have a uh, postgraduate certificate in Buddhist studies. And... uh, on a more personal note, I'm uh, sort of off my game today because I just had a bunch of vaccinations for a trip to Iran in November. So uh, you're all drugged up. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're all drugged up and ready to go. Uh, yeah. That's great. Perfect episode of bad philosophy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Feeling bad philosophy. <laughs> and uh, also, we've got the regulars in the house. Kevin, I'm waving. Woohoo! <laughs> and Matt. Do I get to wave too? Yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm waving. It's my thing. Um, I don't care what you think about it. I'm aware of that. Today is, is going to be semi-random, uh, but we're going to go ahead and start out with what Dr. Webb knows and loves and probably hates occasionally, which is philosophy of religion. <laughs> um, <laughs> depends on where you want to go. <laughs> exactly. Um, I have actually, no, uh, in answer to your question earlier, Matt, um, I have actually taken three courses from Dr. Webb here in my undergraduate education. Um, Started in here for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> Two years. Let's see if I can remember. I remember Asian, which was uh, spring. Yes. How can I forget? Uh, you and Sean. Mm-hmm. Ones were actually paying attention, which causes trouble. <laughs> uh, and then there was world religions and philosophy, yes. which was about what. A year and a half that was ago. that was actually the semester before that, and uh, uh, we had yeah. Eric Butlick on there, another man who's been on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in that class as yeah. well. <laughs> we, uh, we were kind of the, uh, the the terrible two, weren't we? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Whenever we raised our hand, you would kind of cringe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would think to myself, "Well, we're going off the notes again." Yeah, <laughs> but no, it all it all got started actually when someone recommended to me your uh, World Religions and Philosophy class, which is a wonderful kind of uh, summary survey of the various major world religions and philosophical issues connected with them. Um, One that uh, came up in an episode, two episodes ago here on Bad Philosophy, was the problem of evil, um, which I I could explain, but um, I'll let you go ahead and do it since you're the the, the one with the PhD. Before before we start off, is evil a problem? (laughs) Depends on which side you're on. Okay, okay, okay. fair enough, fair enough. uh, Now let's let the man with the PhD uh, kick us off here. So, Dr. Webb, tell us about the problem of evil. Okay, well, uh, first of all, it's not a problem for everybody. Uh, The existence of evil poses a problem for a certain conception of God. Uh, Now, it's a big problem because... 
It's the conception of God shared by Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, and Sikhism, and a few others, probably. So, uh, it's a problem for a lot of people, but it's not a problem for, say, Buddhists, or Taoists, or Confucians, or whatever. Uh, it's certainly not a problem for atheists. The idea is, if God is all-powerful and perfectly good, then... Uh, if he's perfectly good, then he should want to prevent all the evil that there is. And if he's all-powerful, he should be able to prevent it all. Well, if he's able to, and he wants to, then there shouldn't be any evil. So the fact that there is any at all, people claim, is conclusive proof that there can't be a God of that description. Mm. That way of formulating it goes back to David Hume from his uh, Dialogues Concerning Natural Religion. I'm going to bring up a question that, that Matt talked about when this came up the first time. Uh, we actually started with free will, and that kind of morphed into the evil aspect, aspect of evil. Um, and Matt, correct me if I, if I get this wrong. Okay. Um, but it was the idea that um, we, we take two things that we, we, we posit they exist. We, we use a premise, you know, that there is an all-powerful, all-benevolent, all-God that you, that you described just previously, and that there is evil in the world. What Matt used that to describe was was used that to demonstrate that there must be free will, because there are those that that do not that do evil, then they must choose that against the will of the all powerful God, who for some reason or other grants us the ability to do so. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just, it's a sort of a, it's a general feature of arguments uh, that even if you have a valid argument, mm -hmm. so that the reasoning is perfectly good. It can always be turned around. Yeah. So, you know, say you've got, well, in this case, just to simplify matters, um, God exists. If God exists, he's, he's uh, omniscient. Let's leave omniscience out of it for now. Yeah. He's omnipotent and perfectly good. Um, you should be able, the problem of evil is that, to deduce from that that evil doesn't exist. Okay. But... Evil does exist, so some people turn it around and say evil exists. If God exists, he's this way, so God doesn't exist. Also perfectly good logical yeah. arrangement of things. Another thing you can do is say God exists, evil exists, so it must not be the case that God has to be all-powerful or all-good. Okay. Uh, Which no Christian would, would go with. I right. Mean, uh, basic tenet of amounts Christian. to heresy. Right? Yeah. It amounts to heresy. You, they burn you for that, actually. <laughs> exactly. Not so much anymore. Wow. It used to be a big problem. Uh, but the more sophisticated thing to do is to say, well, look, in fact, the existence of evil doesn't logically prove there isn't a God of that kind. You're assuming that an all-powerful, perfectly good being couldn't have a reason for permitting evil. Mm. Okay, right? and so this is where you get into theodicy. Uh, uh, that's yeah. A theodicy would be a proposal for what God's reason is for allowing evil, mm -hmm. and one such proposal is free will. Free will is so important that it has to be allowed to, mm -hmm. to run its course, no matter what the consequences. Because so, if God did not give us allow us to have the free will, then if He had forced us to follow some type of lifestyle that's devoted Him, then He would no longer be completely abundant love because then he's forcing something on 
animals. Well, and we, it's, for some reason it would be bad because we would all be robots or automatons. or Well, right. The idea know, is that moral vegetables. goodness would be impossible, too. Yeah, right? right. Things that just sort of follow natural laws, like rocks rolling down hills, can't be good or bad. Mm-hmm. So in order for there to be the possibility of good, there also has to be the possibility of evil. Um, mm. And, of course, you know, so the people who say this say it can't just be, it can't be like the holodeck, you know, where there's safety <laughs> protocols, right? Oh. So as long as what you're doing is good, God lets you go, but you start to do something bad and it fizzes out, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, try to hit somebody with a stick and it turns into a pillow. <laughs> or, you know, that would be amazing. I wish that happened more often. I've been dealing a lot of sticks. Yeah. <laughs> even better, since even acting on that intention would be bad. God makes you sort of go all fuzzy in the head when you try to think of something. You start to plan something bad, and you go, what was I doing? (laughs) (laughs) Stop right there. Wait. (laughs) What am I doing? Wait. uh, (laughs) So the idea is that wouldn't be real free will, even though though the the good actions would be free in some sense. It wouldn't be significant free will. It has to be, it has to have consequences to be significant. It's kind of like putting a high-pass filter on actions or something. <laughs> <laughs> to put it in engineering terms. Something I do not that was, that was, I, was, I was an engineer <laughs> for about a year, and then I wised up and got out. Um, <laughs> hey, don't scare me. <laughs> hey, you got time. Um, uh, a question that, that occurs to me is, is there much time spent on... And I, and I argue with people, and definitions don't change the truth of a, of a matter. They... Um, they change right. how we perceive it, but you know something is happening, whether or not we define it as happening. Right, you can't define things into or out of existence. Yes, mm-hmm. um, which is a problem with some arguments for the existence of God. Yeah. They they try to define God into existence, and yeah, they can't or do out that. of existence, <laughs> or out of it. Yeah. Yeah. But is is there a lot of time trying to come to a consensus on what quote unquote evil is? Is is there any disagreement on that, evil or good, for that matter? Roe um, had a good answer for this, didn't he? Um, should, should we should actually, we drop? I don't remember? Do you remember? Do you remember that article? <laughs> I do. I've only taught it like twenty five times. So I don't remember it. <laughs> I, I do uh, remember the crispy critter. Um, well, uh, in the you know in in the actual philosophical literature where the professional philosophers are arguing with each other, mm-hmm. uh, nobody worries about the definition of evil. Um. For one thing, I mean, evil may be too strong a word for it because it has to include, you know, things like I feel crappy right now. Yeah. The world would be better if I didn't feel crappy right now. Let's suppose. <laughs> um, it's, you know, maybe a trivial thing. You know, I dropped my ice cream cone. And, well, how could a loving God allow this to happen? <laughs> that seems trivial, but, you know, it would be better if I didn't. Yeah. So, I like ice cream. Why does it happen? <laughs> yeah, Tonight, ice cream social. That's true. Uh, so, a squirrel cries in a tree. <laughs> why, why, why is, is the squirrel crying? <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> that must be another. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it was a pre-show, <laughs> and, and the audience like, won't get it either because it was rather personal. Think, think, um, of, it, think of it as a zen um, okay. koan. Think of it as a I'm comfortable with that. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, if you got the front door and listen, you might find out. Uh, uh, now I'm worried. Um, <laughs> yeah, but really, it, really, you know what? What the literature. What the argument always turns around is whether any whether these particular things are justified. Yes. Because um, you know, one thing that uh, a believer in this God can't do mm-hmm. uh, to be consistent is say, "Well, there's really no such thing as objective evil." 
it's all just a matter of perspective or taste or point of view or something. Well, there are certainly people who, who would say that that's the case. That's right. There are people who try to do that, but that, it, you know, that's as her heretical as saying there are things God can't do, or, or God yeah. could be stupid, or God could be bad, right? Mm -hmm. To say that there isn't an objective standard. Say there's not. Right, right. And some people want to say that. They say, okay, who's to say what's evil is usually how they put it. Right? Yeah. I love that, who's to say. <laughs> I want to say, yeah. are you really asking? Because I'll tell you who's to say. I'll say what. I'll, I'll say it. Right. <laughs> so, or when I'm you know, feeling generous, I'll say, you're to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. That's the trouble with rhetorical questions, right? You, yeah. You're not sometimes supposed to answer them. them. Yeah, sometimes you want to. Right. Yeah. Right. But so, really, with the, with the problem of evil poses to um, religion is is that uh, there exist, and, and I'm formulating it in Rose fashion here, that there exist instances of unjustifiable evil or suffering in the world. Right, um, right. The, the, Rose does that to sort of, he dodges the whole question of whether there's a theodicy or a reason or whatever. Exactly. So maybe there's a reason, maybe there's a hundred reasons, maybe there's a million reasons for different kinds of evil. And this is Still, the, if there's even one thing that's not justified, that's enough. It's it's the evidential problem of evil yeah. versus, versus the um, what was the other the logical the, the logical one. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to go through the article because I get, I'm sure that our listeners and me don't have clues. Yes, article. Um, <laughs> I, I, let me see if I can take a stab take at this. Go um, for it. The way that Rowe formulates it is he, he starts from uh, this is uh, William Rowe, William Rowe, uh, Purdue, Purdue University, or okay. Barking Barking Bill. Currently, mm -hmm. currently <laughs> researching writing. That's what it's yeah, okay. actually, he may be retired by now, but he's one of the big, one of the great figures of contemporary okay. analytic okay. philosophy. So we're, not, we're not thinking, you know, Freud days were right, right, right. 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 And uh, he starts with a couple of similar premises that we set up that there, there is an um, omniscient, omnipotent, holy good being uh, that if that that can that wants to prevent instances of uh, suffering in the world, something along those lines, right? That what the listeners can't see is that I'm smiling because I'm <laughs> waiting for Stephen to stumble and get it wrong. Uh, I'm trying. I'm excited. I don't know what he's going to get wrong, but I'm excited for the reaction. It's been yeah. over a year and a half since I've read it. But what, what he basically shows is, is hey, if, if there, it's like you said, if there exists any instances of unjustifiable suffering that don't serve some kind of a greater purpose uh, in the world, which is what a lot of people say, they come back and say, well, God um, allows certain things to happen or makes them happen for some greater purpose. Mm -hmm. um, so Roe goes, okay, well, let's see if we can find some instances of completely unjustifiable suffering. And he uses the analogy, the wonderfully memorable analogy of the crispy critter. Um, not his to, phrase. Not his <laughs> phrase. This is, this is Dr. Webb's. Uh, it's often referred to as Roe's fawn. So uh, picture, if you will, Bambi. Uh, just kind of going about his business in the forest, and, um, you know, lightning strikes a tree next to him, and uh, the tree falls on him, and then, you know, kind of breaks his legs so he can't run away, and the fawn ends up catching on fire, and, and slowly... As, as fawns are wont to do. <laughs> <yeah>. fawns are <laughs> highly flammable creatures. So, uh, so our, our, you know, Bambi burns to death in the forest there. It's extremely painful and excruciating, and it takes hours, and, and it really doesn't serve any greater purpose. I mean, it's one fawn that just went through all kinds of pain and died horribly. I mean, how, how, can, um, how can someone defend that? How can someone say, well, God allowed that to happen for some greater purpose? And uh, so then Rose says, well, here we have evidence that there are instances of unjustifiable suffering because surely things like this happen. We know that stuff like this happens every day. 
But if you have a god with, with omniscience, which I think I'd added in somewhere, we started without that, but omniscience mm-hmm. and, and a quote-unquote greater plan, is it is it really possible to know that there wasn't a purpose beyond that uh, we can exactly. understand? This okay. is a common that's, response. That's, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's my response. This is, this is uh, actually, actually, in a way, it's Rose's response, too. I mean, he right. doesn't accept it, but he accepts it as a rational response. Yeah. And it's this is just another uh, sort of instance of that idea of the reversible argument. Right? Mm-hmm. Once you've got an inferential connection, yes. you can run it in either, either direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you might say uh, with Roe and other, uh, he calls himself a friendly atheist, meaning he says he's an atheist, but he doesn't think everybody else is an idiot. <laughs> a lot of atheists think religious people are idiots, I've right? So, those people. <laughs> I've been one of those people. He's <laughs> better now. He says it would, it would be nice if a, a god like that existed. It, yeah. would, it would be good, yeah. but I can't believe it personally. Yeah. Is what, what he, yeah, says. he says, I believe there are instances of suffering like this, that mm-hmm. it that a, uh, an omnipotent being could prevent, and that a benevolent being would prevent, and so there isn't any being that's both those things. Yeah, and, and omniscience, you're right, omniscience yeah. is important, because you might, uh, none of the religions we're talking about does this, but you might have a conception of God like Aristotle's, where he's um, all-powerful and perfectly good, but he doesn't have a, doesn't give a rat. He doesn't care. <laughs> you can say it. about what happens on Earth, right? He's so he's busy contemplating the, the good and the beautiful and all that. We're listed um, as clean on iTunes. I don't know if we can say that. <laughs> I've been more than once in this podcast. Dr. Webb, feel free to express yourself however right. you want. Right. <laughs> we can cut it later. Uh, okay. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so right, but um, and clearly the. The god of the Western monotheisms it can't claim ignorance. Right? Yes. So, yes. So it is. It is technically needed to make the inferential connection work, but uh, it's not a dodge anybody can use. Uh, right. So where was I? I, forgot. I don't know. <laughs> we, we we do the rabbit trail here. <laughs> the omniscience. The omniscience. Uh, like how can how can you know? Oh how right, right. I, was, I remember. So that, so yeah. so Bill Rowe says. Uh, we have excellent reason to think there are cases like the crispy critter fawn. Mm-hmm. Um, even one instance like that is enough to show that there isn't a being that's perfectly good and all-powerful. But a believer, particularly somebody who might have other reasons for belief, right? yes. not arguments, but, but reasons nonetheless, yeah, yeah, might turn around and say, well, look, I have excellent reason to think there is such a being, so even though I don't know what it is, there must be a reason for the, for mm-hmm. the fawn being allowed to see. Yes. And and that you there's, there's as I see it, I, I could be wrong. There's not there's not a lot of way to to get around that one way or the other. Um, in, yeah. uh, maybe, maybe there is, maybe there is. <laughs> yeah. But in in the fact that we lack omniscience, yeah. And it's one of those like, could we could we find a, a possible reason for this to be a just act? Maybe yeah, butterfly effect, something other, something maybe, like maybe that. Maybe the fawn, the fawn dying in the forest had some effect on global environment. Something like that, and yeah. and and it is could be from that, but I don't. Or it might be that the, that's a consequence of the world working by regular laws, and there's lots of excellent reasons why the world should work by regular laws. Yeah. Or what is it? The grass was dying out because there's too many deer, so then the deer. We need deer ashes to fertilize. There's more nitrogen or whatever in the soil. Then after the fire, it grows back better than before. Yeah, something along those lines. But you know, it it doesn't have to be the fawn example. Like you you know, you could bring up any instance of of that nature. You can think of something Mm -hmm. that just you know, really, there's no reason for it to happen. 
Yeah, and well, you know, okay. Well, I'm sorry, I, didn't. It was, I'm sorry. I was going to say the free will defense. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how it would work against Rose's argument, but it's. I think it's still the free will defense is still the best shot at responding to the problem. Of being, yeah. Uh, now you know, does the fawn have free will? Right. So it was asking for it. I wonder. <laughs> uh, that's you know, free will is not going to explain everything. In other words, but it might explain a big chunk of stuff like Hitler. That's very hard to explain. Otherwise. Sure. And then why didn't God give law. him an aneurysm? Godwin's law. Oh, that means yeah. nothing fruitful can happen after this. <laughs> well, no, well, that's, well. Yeah, it's a better leader. Yeah, yeah, no, I Godwin's actually have to, to do that. Godwin's law is just an identifier. Yeah. It's just, it just says that eventually this will happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought you had to, had to actually identify someone with Hitler and someone in the discussion. I, 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 just I think that's it. true. Yeah. I have to compare. You're just like Hitler, and then it's all. There over. we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually kind of happy I can use the tag again. So Wait, so it doesn't that take us back to the ad hominem fallacy? Um, no. no, not necessarily. So, but continue, <laughs> continue your Hitler analogy. See Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, free will. We, we, we like free will because it explains Hitler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, how, do, how does the free will defense work? Well, it gives the God an overriding reason for allowing all kinds of evil threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what has to be true for it to work? Free will has to be so important that, and remember, we're talking about significant free will. Yes. So you can, you can, you can choose bring to your actions to fruition and make a difference. But, uh-huh. Uh, that has to be so important that it's worth allowing massive evil. Right. It's, it's worth genocide. Yeah. Mm. It's worth Ebola. It's worth... And that's a tough sell. I yeah. mean, especially to the Jewish population. I think so. <laughs> They've got uh, a yeah. very strong yeah. example. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, maybe... Yeah. Um, and, you know, where would you draw the line? It's worth six million, but, you know, seven million. That's, 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 that's pushing it. Really God would have put a stop to that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And maybe he did, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I mean, but, and that's where, where other theodicies come into play, like the theodicy of protest, I remember we looked at, mm-hmm. uh, which was one Jewish person's response, which was basically that God, it, I, it looked to me as a God is not wholly good response that we have some say in the matter, that we can go, hey, God, you went too far. Six million, six million was too much, and we're not happy about it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's really in Christian theology uh, that sort of borrowed a lot from Greek philosophy mm. is where we start getting all these superlatives attached to God. The Hebrew Bible doesn't call God omnipotent. Mm. It calls him almighty. Yeah. Calls him something in Hebrew that translates <laughs> it, Almighty, uh, and the, the this rabbi, this uh, or I actually forget I who forget it was, somebody yeah. named Roth. I forget his first name, but uh, mm-hmm. his idea was if you go back to the Hebrew Bible and look at the depiction of God, in some ways he's kind of a bastard. And people have a right to to object and to protest and to stand up to him. And certain, a lot of people, and yeah. certainly some did. I mean. Uh, what is it that the, the name Israel itself means? He wrestles with God. Wrestles yes. with God. That's right. <laughs> I mean, we have instances of, of Abraham. Uh, you know, Abraham argues with Arden, God to yeah. try to save the cities on the plain. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's uh, it's not unprecedented. Now, of course, you know God's not completely evil either. It's just that you know, goodness is not sort of number one on his list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's very, God, very, very good. God, right? God yeah. from God being uh, completely all loving to not being completely evil. 
Completely useless. But he's got some good aspects. Yeah, I just, I just want to sort of stress that this is an endorsement of Satanism or something. <laughs> the idea is God is you know, way better than you'll ever be, still. Yeah, exactly. But there's other things more important than goodness to him. And maybe holiness is one of those, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe you know, something that we can't understand. And that's another, that's another sort of strain in the discussion of the, of the yeah. problem of evil. The idea is, um, if you think about how much we know, uh, it really isn't all that much. <laughs> how smart we are, really not all yeah. that smart. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're pea brains. We came down out of the trees, things. but, yeah. you know, we don't have the sense to come in out of the rain still. So. <laughs> Maybe we're the squirrels. So there might the there might be vast cosmic it's reasons that we can't grasp, you know. Yeah. We, not only that we don't know, but that we couldn't know. We couldn't hold it in our heads. And, and we just have to say, okay, yeah. you've got your reasons. Yeah. And aren't we seeing something like this? I've, I've been reading a book by uh, Smolin. Is Lee Smolin? Lee Smolin. He did a postdoc at Syracuse when I was a graduate student. Um, I've been reading his book uh, one of my classes. Yeah. Um, and he, and he, it's dealing, dealing with with the problems of string theory and unification theories mm. in general, and as you talk about, you know, these these unknowable things, mm-hmm. and it seems like as as far as physics comes, it seems like there's always that next question of how. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the God gap, and there may be well. there may be things that we can't ever figure out because the energies required would. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why he has something the world. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we have something you know as massive as the Large Hadron Collider, yeah. which is experiencing problems right now. Yes, yeah. very um, sad actually. And I just yeah. realized how religious London is. They've got signs everywhere that say "Mind the Gap." That's right. <laughs> that's right. The God of the Anglican Church is the God of the gaps. There you go. Yeah. Um, but but and, and that's it's really interesting that because we do that we do have such this 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 lack of knowledge as far as I mean we know so much about the physical world and the cosmologies and all of this sort of stuff that we that we think we understand we think we figure out we have predictability and we think least. that we can understand that we have and the capacity and to well because yeah. we figured out so much right it's one of those like we started out with knowing nothing. And, I mean, you, you look back, you know, Aristotle thought he knew everything. Aristotle had a theory on everything yeah. in his day, yeah. um, which is... Well, all I, the empirical ones were wrong, but yes. all, all the, the other ones are still, I think, well, in the well, game. Well, right? no, it's, it's very interesting. I'm, 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 I'm writing a play. I say writing very loosely. I have an idea for a play. I'm <laughs> outwriting it. I'm, I'm a playwright. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, but I've been working on the, the ideas for this one for a while called I Hate Aristotle. Um, <laughs> no, 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 that's not right. That, that's, Aristotle had it easy. Uh, um, so, because, yeah. because That's exactly at, at right. that point in time there was no there was no great body of knowledge, no nobody, no big theories of anything. Right. Anybody with so, brains at leisure. He, so he, he gets to sit around and look at stuff and say, Well, this is how it works. <laughs> and, and nobody could, could and nobody, him because yeah, nobody had Well it's right. really interesting because um a lot of the stuff that, that Aristotle said, um I think particularly of cosmology, astronomy mm. astronomy. Yeah. Um is is very much makes a lot of sense from a person going out standing and looking at the sky at night, hmm. yeah, um, yeah, and and looking back at it, and it, it takes all these these deeper, more complicated experiments we need to even figure anything out. Well, if someone had never told you, I mean, would you still believe that the sun revolves around the Earth? Uh, if if it's nobody had ever said, no, it, it's it not. really looks that way, doesn't it? But it is funny. I mean, that the uh, I mean, the ancient Greeks without any sort of fancy equipment, figured out that it was round, and even got a fairly good calculation of the diameter. Yeah. yeah. Wait, 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 cool. wait. The Earth's not moving, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, not right now. <laughs> We're on Everything stops for this. Oh, yeah, okay. exactly. Bad philosophy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Power over the universe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's funny. You look, uh, there's agriculture. That was a big 
development. Right. And then there's iron, and there's I don't know how many thousand years between those. And then what's the next? What's the next big uh, technological development? You know, like steel. Yeah, That's maybe right. the industrial revolution yeah. or something. And then it starts speeding up, right? And yeah, so, we keep hitting, hitting these things, and are we going to stall out? Uh, yes, it's not like we're going to run into the the edge of the universe like Aristotle thought we yeah. might. Eat of the KX, man. Heading <laughs> yeah. towards the singularity. Yeah, it's frightening. Frightening. Uh, for clarification, the singularity is, I know, Matt doesn't. Uh, Ray, Ray Kurzweil. I I, uh, the last time they did this, I had to find their term for it. Yeah, I'm Ray, not going to try this. Time. Ray, Ray Kurzweil basically has theorized that sometime in the new future, he's looking at the, the exponentially increasing trend of technology, mm-hmm. technological advancement that he, your point uh, bringing up. And he's saying that basically, uh, within a couple decades, we're going to reach a point of infinite knowledge density, essentially. I, I, he defines it a bunch of weird mm-hmm. ways, yeah. but something the, like... You know, the speed of light imposes a limit on computation, even. Yeah. So yeah. there's, 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 there's got to be a plateau of this, this rate of discovery. Of yeah. Well, maybe it's just a really high Gaussian the way I always, I always what I thought of it, and, and not necessarily in a bad way, but but when the computing process, the computing processing power surpasses that of the human mind. Yes, um, and that could be happening while we're in this room. It could, be. <laughs> yeah. it which could then be. leads to like a, an even more rapid development of, of civilization and this yes. kind of biotech, you know, human slash robotics. Mm-hmm. So that takes us back to the artificial intelligence, wondering because there's a difference between processing power. Yeah. Versus and intelligence. Intelligence, exactly. Yeah. And it, it makes some assumptions of reductive physicalism, yeah. philosophy of mind. But post-singularity so. fiction is a big deal right now. Um, there's really? Of, there's mm-hmm. a lot of authors, um, primarily in sci-fi areas, that are that write post-singularity stuff um, hmm. about you know what, what happens after that. When, when our computers become smarter than us, and not just in a, I can't figure this machine out sort of a series, <laughs> right, right, but, right, right. but in the, in the right. true, truer meaning of this computer can think more than I can and better than I yeah. can. And, and what are the possibilities of that? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a growing area. One of them actually, uh, see, I recall one of his novels actually ending up where this, this knowledge machine, essentially, that has taken over all of human creation and uh, goes out in space and you know, gets to some point and then says, let there be light. Let there be light. I remember no, that. That's that. An Asimov, yeah. That is an Asimov that's story. That's an Asimov story. Okay. I love I that story. I read that somewhere. And um, it's, it's almost like we are about, we are like moving toward the creation of the God that we've been talking about this whole time. Yeah. We just um, had the temporal line backwards. That's right. Yeah. It's, a, it's a wonderful, uh, it's a wonderful In circular. The end, God created the heavens and there. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a great story. And it's funny, so nobody remembers the title of it. Mm. Everyone remembers the last line, and, it's, mm. and nobody remembers the title. And I, I'm in that nobody. Yeah. I cannot tell you the, for the life of me the name of the story. Um, but it had a very important name that when I read it, that's a very important name. Nobody remembers that. I didn't remember that. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. But the I last line is, either, yeah. is, is that thing. Mm. Um, so all of our intrepid listeners can go out there and Google it. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> because we have show notes. Yes. Yeah, right. right. Um, well, anyway... <laughs> And it's almost a religion unto itself, I think, this this whole futurist singularity type thing. Uh, you know, people are... Well, sounds cult-like to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, uh, and honestly, I, I 
I follow the whole Ron Paul revolution, so I know a thing or two about cults. <laughs> 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 so, hey, if you're going to do Ron Paul, just go all the way and vote Libertarian. I, I will. I, I still plan on it. Uh, well, actually, I, just, I think I'll throw this out there. Um, yesterday, that would be, what, the 24th of September, 2008? Yep. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Someone asked me if Ron Paul was still going to be on the ballot. Um, no. I think I think you could still write him in if you, you wanted to. You write um, Mickey. I mean, yeah, you might write anybody. Mickey Rooney. Rooney. You can write your mom in. Mickey Rooney for president. I want people to write me in, like, just as a yeah. of faith. I don't want to be president. I don't want that job. That's no, I don't know. After, uh, after your article, I don't think that's well, no, no, happen. nobody will. Um, but I would like to think that somebody out there would, would say, you know, I want Kevin Saunders to be president. After that article you wrote for the paper? <laughs> yeah, after that, nobody will, will vote me in. Um, They'll be here, anyway. Yeah, well, no, you might have a distinct fan base. Apparently, according to Stephen, I've not read the comments online, but apparently, according to Stephen, People from like across the country have found this article <laughs> and had it sent to them or something. Excellent. Yeah. Which I think is really cool. See, now I've got to go look at the online version. Yeah, we'll tell you. It's, I, I, I refuse to read the comments. Like, I've read a couple of them, but like I have no need to. It's infuriating to find out how badly some people read and how badly even the people that read think. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. It's also well, infuriating we, to find out how um, poorly... Um, some professor speak English. I appreciate how William speaks Let's just say we are very grateful yes. right now. I, uh, I'm like, in throw. Uh, okay. No, it's, it's worse than that. And, uh, I won't do any impressions on here for fear of uh, retribution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These people control your grades. Oh, well, yeah. some of them. You'd be yeah. surprised how far back you can file a change of grade. Uh, <laughs> oh, actually, I don't know. Sure. That's, a, that's a horrible threat. Right there. <laughs> but a powerful <laughs> one. Um, I know we had a, a very, um, well, I know this is a complete sidetrack, but Kevin, you wanted to at some point get in some kind of a point about oh. plagiarism and cheating. Now, yes. This, I know this, it's, this it's a very, very difficult segue, but um, this is something that's yeah. been... A, it's, kind of the, it's an evil. It's an evil. It's an evil. That's, that's <laughs> okay, this, this, this started a little over a week ago, just just about a week ago. Um, I was having a discussion uh, with many other people, and I was only a small part of it, about, about cheating in academia and how it's becoming a bigger thing and the reasons behind it and stuff like that. The thought that I had was... I'm going to phrase it wrong, and that's why I wrote it down and put it in my wallet a week ago, <laughs> because I forget things. Um, is okay. This is amazing. <laughs> I just have to point out that um, on the wallet that Kevin just pulled out of his pocket, it has a USDA organic sticker stuck on it. I just really <laughs> I put that there. That. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> is that like an all over wallet? One hundred percent organic. <laughs> it's leather. Um, <laughs> what, what's that? Leather. <laughs> um, but no, no damn antibiotics. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this this is the thing that I, I was I was equating cheating to. Um, uh, cryptography? Yeah, cryptography. Cryptography, the method of of, of hiding messages, uh, encryption, that sort of stuff, Mm -hmm. is we have this thing now um, in the encryption circles of making your encryption, not your keys necessarily, but your methodology public, Mm -hmm. and letting people try to break it, and that's the only way to know if it's secure or not. Um, And and that comes from the fact that people have this inherent desire to break systems and to find flaws in systems and find the loophole and exploit them. Yes. And exploit them. For their own benefit. For, for their own benefit. For, and just for the fun of it. I mean, there's so many I mean, you know, white hat, black hat hackers out there that do it because it's there to be done. Right. Rather yeah. than yeah. for malicious intent or even for, for you know, benevolent intent. Um, I, was, I was curious to think that if, if is it possible 
that we have this increase in cheating because we continually add more and more levels to the system of how to stop cheaters. I've had professors, you know, say, you know, you can't wear a hat, you can't do this, you can't do this. And so we said, well, these are all the things I can't do. What can I do? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. could I get away with? What yeah. what could I do that could possibly cheat? Um, you know, that, that I could do to break the system. It's a challenge to the creative right. mind. It that's is, right. and that's yeah. and that's how I feel. I'm I'm not an advocate of cheating. <laughs> cheating is bad. I mean, I can't text during class, but can I use Twitter? <laughs> but but we but we have we have this this ever increasing number of of safeguards against mm-hmm. cheating, and it would be really interesting to see. One of two things happen, a completely open system. No checks against cheating. They say don't cheat. If you get caught, if for some reason I think you're cheating, we'll investigate. You'll, you'll be a part of the investigation. You'll get to put in your two cents or 222 with inflation. Um, <laughs> and, and that's how we will investigate it. Instead of these methodologies to, to break it, like just get rid of the, the anti-cheating system and yeah. just have an impression. Or make these things open. And encourage people to try and find these things and say, if you find a flaw in my cheating system, come tell me about it the next 10 points on a quiz. So we want okay, to a flaw in my anti-cheating system? In my anti-cheating system, okay, yes. In, right, in, right. In, the, in my methodology, if you find a way to cheat in my tests, come tell me about it. And then we have to reevaluate the anti-cheating methods. So basically we need to get like a Linux team school <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> but but I'm just, it's one of those things, because we, we talked a lot about, about you know, the problem of cheating and how we, cheating is bad. And, and is it you know is it a societal problem? Is it just people are evil? Mm. Um, all that sort of stuff. But is it is it another thing? Is it a third thing that people aren't evil or bad or malicious or or looking to get ahead or trying to get ahead and have to hit that next goal and have to get into the right school and get into grad school and get a job? All that sort of stuff. Is it either of those things? And is it the third possibility of we're just creative people at, on the whole who try to break things? Or could it be both? Where on the onset you start out with one intention, but then once you end up somewhere, then the whole power corrupts issue comes Certainly in. Possible. Yeah, Certainly yeah. possible. Think, most of the cheaters I've caught, it's been um, the fear or laziness uh, uh, when it comes down not to creativity. it. creativity. So, yeah, but I, I have felt that impulse you described, that sort of perverse impulse to, you, okay, you think you built something perfect, let's, yep. let's, let's get let's do this. The only person who calls it a foolproof never underestimated the ingenuity of fool. <laughs> it's that sort of thing. Is is whatever system you have in place, can it be broken? Yeah. And I talk about that, you know, um, you know, doing objective study is, you know, a hypothesis in, in for example, you know, the new hypotheses that are being raised in physics all the time are not meant to be loved. They're meant to be broken and tested and, and cracked and right. made as made as, <laughs> as tortured as possible. Mm-hmm. Um because that's how you know it's sturdy and it's effective and it yeah, stands right. up. You don't hold up this beautiful, this beautiful theory and say this is the way it is. And that's nobody touches it. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, nobody yes, touches it. It's beautiful. Don't yeah. touch it. Yes, it is. It's like this is beautiful. Don't touch it. I don't want you to mess with it. Because yeah. the finger looks good. Yes. Yeah. Well, so uh, from from being in the academic world, though, Doctor Webb, do you think a, an approach like that would you know, resonate with teachers? Do, do you think professors would do that? Or would it just be too much work? I think they do? mostly wouldn't because it would require them to put up the most closest to foolproof anti-cheating system they could, and that's a lot of work. It is. I mean, I see people sort of do it in an ad hoc way. Somebody, uh, you know, brings in a cheat sheet, so they make them leave all their books and stuff at the front yeah. of the room, or, uh, you know, no laptops, or... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even bother with stuff like that. I just don't. Yeah. I just, you know, I keep an eye out. Yeah. How many casually. instances 
like on average per semester, how many instances of cheating do you see? I get probably over the last ten years or so, I've had uh, at least one instance a year of plagiarism that I've caught. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of become more frequent. So that, that uh, average, really? yeah, that average is. Uh, misleading. It's been more like one a semester for the last couple of years. And then when that happens, do you feel that the student is harmed in a way in their studies at the university, or do you think that they kind of just, it gets brushed aside in the long term? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, do you, well, you don't really have much of a recourse, do you? I mean, you can give oh, them actually, an F. You can give them an F for the course, but as Right, far you can as give them an F for the assignment, and then there's, there's no particular appeal for that. Right. Though there's an appeal for the grade for the course. You give them an F for the course, there's an automatic appeal that's, that starts. Or you can, you know, go for their head and try to have them expel. I've never done, I've, I only give them Fs for the assignment, yeah. but usually what happens is I give them a zero for the assignment and they end up failing the course. Yeah, yeah. zero is an effective, yeah. Yeah. It's very an effective way to bring down an average. Unless you have yeah. a whole hell of a lot of assignments, one zero yeah. could do a lot of harm. It's yeah. right. Yeah. But, you know, I've never sort of explored people's reasons. Uh, yeah. I, I, sometimes I want to know. Uh, mm -hmm. I had one student who was a really good guy. He was not a very good student, but he was a good guy. You know, he came to class, and he did the work, and he was always honest, and he turned yeah. in terrible papers. <laughs> and I cut him every break I could, and then one day he turned in a beautiful paper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I Googled a few phrases, and I found and it. The, yeah. And he, I called him into my office, and he confessed immediately. <laughs> and so I gave him a chance to rewrite. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Most of them sit there and lie to my face, which makes me want to kill them. No, that's, yeah. not, that's not on Google. It's not anywhere. No. Yeah. Oh, no. no I, I, I wrote that. <laughs> my favorite example, I told this to my Asian philosophy yes. class because it happened in a previous Asian philosophy class. Um, I um, gave a take-home exam, as I frequently do, and uh, one of the answers uh, was plagiarized from an online encyclopedia. Uh, the article was written by me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought, now that's stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this didn't Not even checking the source of the franchises. I mean, look at the really? freaking byline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Well, this didn't have the answer was right. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> But actually, there was a little bit in the beginning where I thought, you know, this is pretty good. <laughs> then I recognized it. <laughs> I thought, oh, this is great. This is fantastic. I should write. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm totally if feeling I started this. reading it going, yeah, this is garbage. <laughs> oh, what's this hack up to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, and, and see, I mean, people like that. Honestly, they're going to fail at some point in the future anyway. If, th if those practices are already part of their approach to completing a task, I mean, something is going to come up and bite them in the, you know, what. Yeah, a lot of them, I'm afraid, are repeat offenders. And, and if, we, if we do what I used to do, we're actually working on a departmental policy for this now, but my policy used to be zero for the assignment, no appeal to me at least. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. But one of my colleagues has pointed out, you know, these people have probably done that. And maybe maybe got caught half the time, maybe not. Um, so our policy, at least for graduate students, uh, and I'm unhappy to say, sometimes our graduate students uh, have plagiarized. Nobody that's here now. But our policy is now going to be: you have to report it to student uh, judicial things. Those folks. Yeah, because graduate students, I mean, they should be serious about it. They get one warning. 
the first time they get a warning, the second time they're out of the program. And that's, and that's department wide. So that's, one warning, not just from one professor, but if, if one warning and everyone else knows about it. Exactly. I mean, it'll be on file in the department and with yeah. the university. So yeah. there won't be any. And this is the first time I've ever done and that. And it's one of those things that, it, that you've, that, I mean, you do feel like that, it, that I, don't, I don't suspect that it's rare that it's the first time when mm -hmm. they get caught. Mm -hmm. Well, um, you know, it has to be the first time for somebody some sometime. Point. Yes, yeah. yes. So it might well be. It this. might be, but it's one of those that if they've if they've done it before, the way the way I look at it is, is one of the things. It's the first time, and they were sloppy, and they didn't they 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 were stupid, and, and cited your article, um, and and one of those situations, or um, they've been doing it so long that they've they've become sloppy through through. I get away with this all the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I do this yeah. all the time. Yeah. I don't. I, I and and they get this this this. Lays about it, mm -hmm. in that you know it's like they oh, it's easy. I get the paper, I download it, I change three words, I, I turn it right. in, yeah. and and that lays lends itself more towards that's and maybe I'm just a pessimist, but I would imagine that's what happens more often than yeah. the other one, just because we, we we do have you know as mm -hmm. we had the guy come talk a cheating culture, and yeah. yeah, it's yeah. this it's this methodology of you have to cheat to get ahead, you have to cheat to win. If you're not cheating, you're not playing. I was at a uh, an event at the Teaching and Learning Technology Center uh, where they were talking about cheating and how to deal with it. And they showed a YouTube video of a guy teaching a method of cheating. Yes. And there's apparently a lot of those there out are. there. Wow. And he said in his video, I did this to get through Spanish in college uh -huh. because I knew I was never going to use Spanish. Spanish has never done me any good in the world. And I thought, well, yeah, of yeah, course you it don't know it. You didn't learn it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, yeah. he didn't live in Texas. <laughs> but uh, also, at that uh, at that same event, there was a panel discussion of students saying what they want from a good professor. And over and over again, I heard, you have to tell me why this is relevant. You have to tell me how I'm going to use this in my life. Mm -hmm. and, and that attitude, I think, makes people cheat. Because well, they'll say, this is, this this is they'll this divide things into the things that are going to help me with my career. And everything else. Yeah, like my no. calculus professor right now, every time she introduces a new topic, she prefaces it with, this is important to engineering students because of this, or it's important to physics students because you'll be doing something like this in your field. And like, there's, that has nothing mm -hmm. to do with the class. She's just like worried that, you know, people are going to pull out their concealed handguns and start firing away <laughs> at her. <laughs> I refuse to play that game. And of course, in yeah. philosophy, it would be difficult. But yeah. Extremely. <laughs> when am I ever going to use this thing about Zen but, Buddhism? But see, well, aren't you a better person? Aren't you a... You know, uh, well, understand uh, why, the world it's, it's a question of why are you here? Right, right. Yeah. And and we have and I mean it's like basic research in science, right? Yes. Somebody can say, well, what are we? How are we ever going to get anything out of this large hadron collider? Well, we can't tell. We We're, don't know. That's we why we might get great yeah. stuff out of it. But, we might get nothing out of it, but a better understanding. Yeah. yeah. I had it pointed out to me once. The universe, the word university comes <laughs> from the same root as universal, in that you're here to get a a basis of universal knowledge. Mm -hmm. If you want something for a career, you go to um, vocational vocational school. school. Thank you. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you want to be in a career, you go to vocational school for that career, and you learn yeah. just what you need to do just for that thing. But but we have it in our society that you need to have this university degree. You need to have this this universal knowledge. Um, but what they really say are saying you have is you have to have this piece of paper. Yeah. 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 You, you, and, and because so, the, the knowledge that we get here, for the most part, most people will not use. Uh, right. 90% of what they learn mm -hmm. in, in college or at a university, what they're learning well, are more. Know, I don't know that my reading Hamlet hasn't affected how I've responded to things. Yeah. Well, exactly. the way that, it's something deeper than that. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's changing the way we think about thinking. 
mm-hmm. about learning, about the world. Yeah. Um, that's really what, what being at a university is for. And, and yeah. some people lose sight of that. When you cheat, you're cheating yourself. You're taking away that meta-benefit that you get from the Ooh. learning experience. Meta-benefit. <laughs> we, we like using the word a good name for a band. <laughs> or maybe a band could perform a meta-benefit. Or raising benefits. money for a meta charity or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's something I want to point out here. Um, this is twice I've been able to reference my calculus class. Damn, it's been a good class. <laughs> <laughs> so you're using it. Yes. <laughs> I think you're getting a meta benefit out of this. Class. <laughs> so it's nothing to do with the actual math. So, yeah. so well, the, uh, today um, we were talking about graduate students because mm-hmm. uh, my professor goes up to Gordon writes a plus b quantity squared. And she said, this is not equivalent to A squared plus B squared. She said, I have seen multiple times graduate students make that mistake. Oh, my God. How would a graduate student make that mistake many it's times? Algebra, right? That's high school like, what you're saying is, don't be surprised when you find someone cheating the first time. We have this like idea in our society where if someone's moved up enough that all of a sudden they, they're too good to do this. That way, like, we... It makes it easier for them to fall farther because of that, mm. and so when, when they do, it's it's a greater yeah, dis- yeah. difference. Right. And so yeah. I, it's, I mean, because, look at Enron, right? Like mm. once people start cheating, then yeah, then but, we make a huge deal out of it. But the issue is not that we make a big deal out of it when it's higher up, but it's also a problem even in middle school. But here's something know? that that a friend of mine brought up uh, the other day. It's it's ninety nine percent of people that cheat though. Make it through life. I don't know if, if I can even say ninety. Do, do we know but that? Well, far because if, if we don't catch well, them, look at our look at our industry. Okay, our our I've heard entire confess, economic you know, structure. Yeah. yeah, our entire economic structure is built on cheating and coercion and corruption. Uh, we know this. Oh, you were a libertarian. Well, you were a <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the resident libertarian. I, here, so I'm, I'm, more of a, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of repeating Fair what you said, but sort of yeah. taking yeah. a realist sort of point of view. I mean. We, we know that this stuff goes on, and it's, mm. are we just kind of wishful thinking here, or thinking wishfully, that, that maybe the majority of people are honest, or is it the other way around? Well, what, what's the majority cheating? of people dishonest, so, you well, know, we have a cheat. You know, I think, I think it may be, this actually connects up with two things that were said previously. Yeah. Um, one is, uh, you're, I think it's right that we tell people the reason they go to college is because if you need the degree to get the job. If that's their reason, if that's why they're thinking about being in college, then they're going to think about only the things that serve that end. Yes. Uh, in the same way, that, you know, if you tell your kids, uh, you know, not to do something and you give them a sort of practical reason not to, then they're going to think, now, how can I do this without having that consequence? Yes. Right? It's yes. that yes. perversity again. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so we, we may have done that with a certain what sort of way of arguing, a certain way of we don't present things as good in themselves. Mm-hmm. And we ah. present them as good for something else, and then so people start calculating, how can I get that good Without in the easiest the possible yeah. way? It's yeah. like, how do you cross the street not at the crosswalk? Well, you start walking across to make sure you put one foot in the crosswalk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hell, I do Oh, that. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and make sure you got your phone glued to your ear, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's well, a yeah, text you text 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 yeah. as you cross the street. Exactly. Um, uh, oh, my God. That's a, that's a very good point, though. I mean... I mean 
it would be interesting to have somebody, a sociologist or some, you know, somebody, some scientist that does these things, check yeah. that out. Yeah. It's easy, you know, to do armchair social science. But that's that's what we do yeah. here. <laughs> got nice armchairs. Yes. Yeah. Um, Maybe we do want to be affiliated with the university. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was at another teaching event where the, the presenter was a psychologist, and he said philosophers are just psychologists without data. <laughs> and I said, now, wait a minute. Some of us are physicists without data. <laughs> yeah, that's entirely true. There's apparently a thing, and I have no evidence for this, so I, I can't state any names, I can't state when or where, but someone at the university who is in a relatively high position just stated at, a, at an event of some sort, uh, I, am I vague enough yet? Um, <laughs> I'm very ambiguous. That, Continue. That, I'm trying to figure out who could it be. Yeah, that uh, the College of Arts and Sciences, the College of Visual and Performing Arts, excuse me, mm-hmm. um, which is within the... No. Uh, no. Or, or no, no it's a separate it college. Yeah, okay. yeah so oh, that's wow. the trend. Yeah, the CVPA okay. is the one all big departments into colleges. Yeah, uh, the College of Visual and Performing Arts, which is the one that I am in as a theater major, is irrelevant. Like, oh. That was the statement that was made. But there is no evidence of this, because I've, I've been trying to find it. Mm. Because I was told that this happened by someone who was at the event. But mm. there's, no, there's no transcript of this thing that happened. There's no chance the person's ever going to repeat themselves. No. no. Uh, especially if I ask them about it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure Google caught it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yep. Careful. Um, and as that I, I, would, I would really chain. like to write an opinions <laughs> column on this. And I, I'll probably write a column on it without referring to this original story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of those that we've, we've, we've had this, and I can't... It angers me that I can't say anything more about it, because there will be backlash in the sense that you can't, I can't prove any of this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and still, do, do you need to? I mean, I, I think it's enough for you to just bring up the concept. But see, I did, well, well, no, then that's the thing. I'm going to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's one of those things like, well, well you know, what is... What is theater or dance or music do that makes money? Like, I mean, you have the it's Rolls exactly, Rolls of business. Exactly. Rolls Rolls business is getting $70 million dollars yeah. for a new building. Yeah. yeah. We, we constantly get, uh, you know, memos from the administration mm-hmm. saying, uh, we want you to come up with creative ways to make money. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it used to be that departments like philosophy and, uh, and math and, well, you know, lots of Departments. Yeah. We're not expected to break even. They're not expected to make as much that's, that's intuition the, as they pay. That's not the point of it. They serve the, the rest. But now yeah. every department it has is to. supposed to come in in the black. And, 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 and it's, it goes back to what you were saying. It's Maybe we should just pressures. hold theater and philosophy as being good in and of themselves mm-hmm. and allow the, the engineering programs and the athletic programs to support them because they have... A yeah, lot of surplus. Yeah, yeah. Well, quite a bit of surplus. When the theater can't get a million dollars to yeah. re to rebuild our theater after it burns down, we can't get the money we asked for, which is not even two yeah, million dollars. That's infuriating. That's and yet, and yet, we're tearing down two buildings to build one brand new one to make it extra, super big and special. Yeah. Because because they make more money. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <sighs> and of course, you know, you get all this business jargon too. We got, yes. We got a memo just the other day. Oh, what the hell, I'll talk about it. <laughs> asking, asking us to find ways to leverage excellence. What now, the I don't heck? even know what the <laughs> flying, frickin', frippin', flippin', 
<laughs> I don't know what that means. And, and, he's a, and this is a philosopher talking. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we understand less so things than other people. Well, leverage excellence. That that like combines physics and philosophy. It's like yes. You get a long enough lever and a place to put it underneath the excellence. <laughs> you get the fulcrum right. You got to get a good fulcrum. Yeah. If you go further down in the memo, and you know, what they're talking about when they say excellence, they're talking about money. They're talking about enrollments. Yep. 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 So well, we have to be able to make. This push for forty thousand. The bottom yeah, line. What the hell like, is why, the why, why are we looking for? Why are we looking for more students? Yeah. What are we looking? We should be looking for good things. Mm-hmm. Not the, I don't yeah. think forty thousand students will all be bad. Well, but we, we don't. The fact is, we weren't, we're not right now serving the students we have optimally. Yeah. We need more faculty. Yes. We need more research money. We need more facilities. We need a theater for crying <laughs> in church. So. Yeah, sorry. So yeah, yeah. I understand the rent, <laughs> and and it's it's a legitimate frustration, I think, and it's it's a consequence of, of our culture, like you say. I mean, yeah, I it's so. always going to be serving some greater purpose, and in mm-hmm. this case, the greater purpose is profit. Yep. the university Online is a business, mm-hmm. um, and right, the pressures are on the university from outside. Now, right. state universities are supposed to be able to dodge that pressure, but we're, but as the legislature <laughs> gives us less and less, we mm-hmm. got to get. More money somewhere. Right. Yeah, we're so. we're the little child of Texas that that uh, didn't get any money after the big two we don't own any brothers. Oil fields. Got all yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have any oil. Yeah. I've actually heard Texas Tech described as the redheaded stepchild of <laughs> colleges in Texas Tech. Yeah. It, it is indeed. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with our mascot colors, does it? No. Oh uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we we got the short end of the stick, as it were. Um, but yeah, we well, we keep on trucking though, and yeah, we do what we can. Yeah. Um, we find creative ways to leverage excellence. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> and even bad ways to do it. <laughs> hey, they can be bad as long as they're creative. Exactly. So, so how does this uh, leisure pool tie in with the excellence? Oh, the leisure pool. Oh the leisure God, pool is, is, no, the leisure pool is part of the method of keeping up with the quote-unquote Joneses at the other two big colleges in our state it's about to, attract, to attract more students. We get that push to 40,000 and get more students, which equals more So money. we're saying if we build it, that students will come. Yes, that's right. That's exactly. right. Exactly. Yep, yep, yep. There's, a, there's an old theater saying it's all about butts in seats. It is. That's exactly a big part of it. Butts in seats. They don't have to enjoy the show as long yeah, as they're paid their money. Yeah. They don't even have to stay. No. No. <laughs> it's, that's, it's just that much. And, yeah. I mean, and, that's, and that's kind of what, what we're doing right now is we're marketing ourselves as we have this, this, and this well, without pointing out that maybe we have a great, you know, we have a great philosophy department, which I imagine we which do. is we, about two thirds the size it needs to be for a university yes. this size. I mean, you don't even have to go, you know, look at uh, New Mexico or Kansas mm-hmm. or Nebraska. Mm-hmm. We're we're the, well, we're trying to do way too much with way too little. Yeah, you know, let me ask you something. See if this bothers you. One of my classes the other day, um, the professor was like, "If you need another resource or more help, go to this link." It started out with utexas.edu. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this link from a school for funny. Yes. Oh, you know that didn't bother me before, but now that you've pointed it out, <laughs> it'll start to bother me. I'll start looking where I said people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you need help, go to a different college. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, run away, run away. Yeah. Lot, that's causing a lot of squirrels to cry. Uh, yeah, it's wailing away. Uh, <laughs> Their, their tears will flood the streets again. <laughs> well, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap things up on this bad philosophy. Uh, I'm sure uh, Dr. Webb has places to be, but we would love to have him on the show again. Uh, yes. really well, I, I would love that. to be here. I had a great time. 
All right. Well, uh, from all of us here, Matt. Thank you. Kevin. Toodaloo. And Dr. Webb. Hey, hey. And myself. See you next time on Bad Philosophy. Thumbs up for Slurpees. That's totally a generic positive comment. Like someone can say something that's awesome, you can say thumbs, thumbs up, up for Slurpees, man. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, we're, hey, we're, you know, hey, we're having a party tomorrow. Thumbs up for Slurpees, man. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's going to be a thing. Or a positive acknowledgement. Thumbs up for Slurpees. We could kind of tie it in with the whole skating thing. Be like, hey, go skating with us. Thumbs, thumbs up, up for Slurpees. Slurpees man. <laughs> Dude, you want to go skating? Thumbs up thumbs for Slurpees. Slurpees man. <laughs> yeah. Badphilosophy.com Nerd!